Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening. In the evening, we are set to continue our series on Catholic musings. Catholic musings where I ponder some aspect of our lived experience and put it into conversation with the revelation of the Christian faith. Now, this night is also a night where I respond to a question that typically comes from our previous week. Tonight, I'm going to respond to a question not from last Friday, but last night. Yesterday, we were talking about the meaning of holy ground in the burning bush narrative. And you asked me about the meaning of holiness, certainly subject matter we have discussed. But simply put, let me say this with regards to holiness. Holiness is to walk uprightly in the presence of God. And this kind of godly walk is what sets us apart. The word holiness comes from the Hebrew kadosh, kadosh, which translates as to be set apart. Now, kadosh can also mean that which is dedicated to God. We see in the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 12, the usage of kadosh, Uh, to speak of holiness. And the idea there is the more we conform our lives to the revelation of God, the objective revelation of God, the more we will be set apart, right? Set apart from a world that increasingly distances itself from the revelation and truth of God. Uh, In this sense, we can say holiness is light. Light. What do I mean there? Well, the darker it gets, the brighter our light shines. And why? Because what do we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29? But that God is a consuming fire. It could be said that when man has been consumed by God, he has been set on fire for God. In the end, my friends, when we increase in prayer, we increase in holiness because prayer is the beginnings of that upright walk with God. Amen? Amen. All right. That being said, to our principal subject matter for this evening, uh, tonight, I'd like to focus on this idea of invitation and do so with a story. I still recall as a young boy walking to our local grocery store, Alpha Beta, (laughs) and one of my older brothers taking a pit stop to check out some crayfish. Uh, At the time, I had no idea what he was doing. This would be the first of many encounters with crayfish um, or why he would be doing what he was doing. Uh, Why would he be doing anything other than getting to the store as quickly as possible to add to our growing collection of baseball cards? That was always my agenda when I was seven, eight years old. Before I had the chance to ask him what he was up to, he invited me down to the creek to see what he found. You know, hey, Joe. Come down here, check this out. And as far back as my memory takes me, 
I heard those words for the first time, come and see. Come and see. Immediately, I went down to the water and found what he discovered. You know, a crayfish with pinchers twice the size of its body. My brother could have described to me what he found, and, and that would have been helpful for me to paint a picture in my mind of what he saw. But he knew by saying, come and see, I can paint the best possible picture because I was now looking at the actual enormous <laughs> crayfish. My dear friends, from a neighborhood creek to sacred scripture, we hear those same critical words from Philip to Nathaniel, come and see. Philip knew on the heels of his own personal encounter with Jesus, the best response to Nathaniel's probing question of can anything good come out of Nazareth was, come and see. Inside of Philip's words, Nathaniel was and is, my dear friends, the great invitation to encounter Christ. Now, in a more general sense, we often define the word invitation as some form of Oh, what, enticement, huh? Does, does that work? Well, it should because the Latin invitatio partly translates as to be pleasant towards, uh, to entice, huh? And both my brother's words to me and Philip's response to Nathaniel, excitement was the pleasantry and at the same time enticement. But invitation as a pleasant summoning, as a Pleasant calling forth is only half the definition. Invitatio also translates as challenge. huh? So to be pleasant towards and a challenge. Now what's going on there? That, that doesn't make much sense. Well, let's look at this here. Let's look at this closely. Challenges by their nature do what? They call forth something from us. They beckon us forth. In principle, what lies on the other side of an invitation is what but, well, a response to that invitation. If we are invited to a wedding, we arrive at the wedding with what but a gift. In Christianity, in Catholicism, we have been invited to the great marriage supper of the Lamb, as we are reminded in Revelation 19.7, and we arrive at this wedding with what but the gift of ourselves. Of course, the Eucharist being the wedding. Now, what's more, the invitation to encounter Christ lies at the heart of evangelization. What do I mean? Well, in our evangelization, when we give reasons to explain why we believe Jesus is the, the cause for the hope inside of us, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, our reasoning itself should always include an invitation to encounter Christ. Consider that in the aforementioned narrative between Philip and Nathaniel, Philip was in evangelization mode, huh? In evangelization mode with Nathaniel as he was letting him know he had found the fulfillment to the Mosaic law in Jesus of Nazareth, as we read in John chapter 1, verse 45. A discovery that prompted the question from Nathaniel, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And it was out from this probing question concerning the home of Jesus that evangelization arrived at that all-important stage of the invitation. Come and see. Philip encountered Nathaniel to then dialogue with Nathaniel to eventually put the invitation before Nathaniel to get to know the man he was asking about, 
Jesus of Nazareth, and the words, come and see. When reading the exchange between Philip and Nathaniel, you hear Philip's enthusiasm for Christ. John 1.45 opens up with, we have found him, Nathaniel. This sense of finally, we have found the man we have been waiting for. This enthusiasm certainly was common in the gospel accounts. That is integral to the evangelical moment. When we are excited about something or someone, it excites others about that something or someone, right? I mean, think about it. Throughout the gospels, we often read of someone being cured of a sickness or or healed of an ailment. And what shoots forth, what bursts forth from these encounters? But in eagerness to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Uh, consider the leper, cured of his skin disease. What is that? Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. After Christ healed the man of his leprosy, what did he do? He did what everyone else would do. He immediately shared the extraordinary news of what Jesus of Nazareth had done for him with all the people he met. And isn't it interesting? No doubt. <laughs> If Nathaniel had come across the cured leper, the leper would have had a lot to say about the good that comes out from Nazareth, huh? Which, for all intents and purposes, probably would have included something like, let me introduce you to to this man who healed me. Come and see this man. Huh? Brothers and sisters, what is our point this evening? Long ago, With elation, my brother wanted to show me a a crayfish. He invited me down the creek with the words, come and see. Years later, I read those same words of invitation from Philip to Nathaniel, and it helped me better understand what Philip was doing, inviting Nathaniel with jubilation to meet the man who could answer every question and satisfy every ache, more than just painting a picture of a freshwater crustacean, right? (laughs) Decades later, I invite you this day to participate in the drama of the come and see moment. The moment when we first go and meet Christ to then invite others to go and meet Christ. Another way of saying come and see. This will present us with many challenges for sure. But as those challenges are met with the gift of our life, our giving will bring us great joy. Huh? Amen? Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.